0: Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's COSIN E Rate or Key E Rate Strategies webinar. Uh, I am Amy McLaughlin. I am the project coordinator for COSIN's Networking and Systems Design Committee. And today, our uh, webinar is going to focus on some strategies to get you through this year's E Rate. Uh, season. We are going to cover some uh, approaches to how you handle the E-rate season this year, given that this is the last year of the new process five-year E-rate funding cycle. And I say new process because it's the first time we've been through the five-year E-rate funding cycle. And I'm also going to start off by giving a couple caveats or disclaimers for this webinar. First of all, nobody in this room is an E-Rate consult, and we are not gonna cover the technical processes of completing your E-Rate application. We're gonna talk about strategies for the overall E-Rate process. So um, with that in mind, I would like to go ahead and take a moment to introduce our panelists today. Um, I'll kick it off with Vince. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Vince.
1: Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vince Humes. I'm the Director of Innovative Technology for the Northwest Tri-County Intermediate Unit. We are just south of
2: uh, Erie, right off the lake.
0: And let's go to Tony.
2: Hi, my name is Tony Harvey. I am the Chief Technology Officer for MSD of Wayne Township in the heart of Indianapolis. Uh, we've been using E-Rate for almost 15 years now, and it's been a source of investment um, into our IT uh, ecosystem.
3: And Colleen. Hi, I am Colleen Davron and I am the Chief Technology Officer for Community High School District 99. Um, we are located in Downers Grove, Illinois, about 25 or 20 miles west of Chicago, and happy to be here.
0: Welcome, all three of you. I appreciate you being here today. So let's kick it off with a um, starter question. What is the E-Rate program and why should you be using it in your school or school district? Take it away. Whoever wants to take first shot at that one.
1: OK, well, I can start off. So, you know, the the e-rate p- program, as as like Tony says, it, they've been using it for 15 years. I think I've been using it ever since year one. Um, and, you know, back then it was really about the telecommunications, guys getting Internet to everybody's school. And of course, that's growing uh, with the Category 2 so you can get some e- equipment in there. So the biggest reason we use it is, is to save money. It is it. Has, it I guess it's been twofold. It's saved us money, it's increased the services we've been able to get uh, for the money that we're spending.
2: I will say that the e rate program has been the biggest discount of any product I've ever purchased. Um, getting 90% off your um, services and devices is the biggest discount you can ever get and those are funding that we would normally have got not have gotten and would have taken years for us to upgrade our um, telecommunication systems or our broadband or whichever devices we use to transmit packets um, to our students or network packets to our students. So this E-Rate program has been a savior to some of um, the schools in Indianapolis, and it's, we couldn't have done it without um, this federal program.
3: And I will just add that I'm new to my role, so I was just introduced to E-Rate as far as um, managing the E-Rate program. And I do find that um, it's, you know, to their point, the biggest discount that you'll ever see on some of your um, Internet connections and devices that you need. Um, So I highly recommend. Please get uh, as much information as you can and use it.
0: Wonderful. And I think that's a really great point, depending on your school's um, free and reduced lunch rate. And uh, you get a large discount, which can be up to 90%, which is a huge amount of money returned to your budget for other purposes. Uh, So that's a huge enabler. So tell me what is different about this year's e-rate process and uh, e-rate funding cycle? What makes this year different than all the other years or the last four years?
3: Well, Amy and I just talked about it is the last year of the five-year cycle. So I just wanted to make sure to emphasize that part of it because um, I I don't think I realized that this was the last year. So this is the last year of that five-year funding cycle and any money not spent will go away. So don't leave money on the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't spend it now it's gone forever, right? Is there um, any, Vince, anything that you want to add for that? Because you deal with a lot of districts.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Colleen makes a good point is, you know, we've, we've had five years to, to do this. Uh, and so, you know, these dollars are really focused on category two spending, um, but it, it's a it's a great opportunity and, and, and it is gone. I mean, you know, next year, I guess we really don't know what's going to happen next year at this point. So we don't know what kind of money will be there. Uh, so if if you're new to E-rate and you're not sure what we're talking about, uh, you, you're going to want to find out if you have that money in there because you're between now and whatever March seventh—I don't remember the exact day when the window closes—you're um, going to need to get that stuff together, or you're you're going to miss that big opportunity that you have.
2: And one thing that I want to add um, that that doesn't apply to this here is that in 2021 the concept of buying for particulars building um, was erased so don't be worried about buying for a particular building you could buy for the district or buy a move between buildings so if you have to like colleen said if you have to use your monies don't worry that a particular funding was meant for a particular high school or elementary school it is meant for the district so go out and make sure that you utilize the remaining funding before it is reset next year
0: Tony, I think that's a really great point, right? Memory is long in the K-12 environment, right? We have like elephant-like memories. And sometimes um, things that were in place in the past, which you used to have to track devices by the building, sort of stay in people's memory. as like, oh, that was a lot of work. I don't want to do it. Well, that has gone away. So thank you for bringing that point up. And Vince, to your point that the, res- you know, when we reset in the next five years, we don't know what kind of money is going to be available. So spend the money now, I think is the message that you're telling people to move forward with. Are we at risk if we don't spend the money now? Do you think that there's a risk that we might not get, a- that there might not be as much funding money in the next five-year cycle if we don't show people we need it?
1: I think that's always a possibility. I mean, I, I think the FCC commissioners are probably gonna look at that. Uh, it's like, if I'm giving you X number of dollars and you don't use it, then perhaps I, I won't give it to you. And and I know some of our districts in our area, there's still a lot of money there. Hopefully they're, they're going to uh, leverage that.
0: Excellent. Well, that seems like a good reason to spend it. <laughs> don't leave mm-hmm. money on the table. All right, so somebody mentioned the E-Rate window in the last question. So how do I know when the E-Rate application window is going to open and when it's going to close?
1: <laughs> Those are always the mystery dates for the year, right? It's like they open that administrative window and you just wait with bated anticipation of when uh, the rest of the windows can going to open. Uh, now, in, in PA, we're, we're lucky. Uh, our state coordinator is very... Active and, and keeping us in the in the loop. So we always find out from them when it's going to happen. But you can also look at the, you know, the E-Rate website will tell you those things. Uh, and then, you know, the peer relationship you have with people in your, your area as they reach out, out to them. So hopefully between, you know, a couple of different ways, you won't miss that critical uh, knowledge of, of what your timeframe is.
2: Typically, the window is between July 1 and June 30th the following year. So in between there, you have to be ready with all your bids, accepted contract, and all those by July 1 and file it um, so that implementation is between July 1 all the way to the following year, um, June 30th. But in those years sometimes, those dates sometimes vary.
1: You know, Tony, that's a that's a great point because we we always tend to focus on like the 471 window, but it, it, your your point should be well taken. July one starts the new year, and you can be thinking about that process, and you can be working on those bids and stuff at, at that time, and, and put those bids out. You don't have to wait for them to tell you, oh, you can file your actual 471s from January seventeenth to March whatever. Um, start early.
0: Right. So, again, just follow up question. What happens to my district? It, what happens to funds my district's eligible for if I don't apply for them and use them this year?
3: <laughs> this year they go away. They go away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gone. Normally in that cycle, they would have rolled over to the next year, but this year, no, that's not, not the case.
0: Right. I just want to super emphasize this because this is different from previous years and it, um, we just want to make sure everybody's super aware that this is sort of a cutoff year. Uh, last year you could roll them over to this year, but this year is the end. So let's talk about how much are we talking about here? Just rough average. What are we talking about money-wise? If you haven't used E-rate, let's just to say if you haven't used E-rate at all for your district, what are we talking about? What are we talking about per student?
1: So I I believe the number is $167 per student student before your your discount. So it's um, it's a pretty significant number. If you have 10,000 students, that's a lot of money for you to be uh, using for uh, category two. Uh, Amy, made, if you haven't used E-Rate at all, you've left an undisclosed amount of money on the table for not getting your internet and other things uh, that category one eligible services are are for, which does not necessarily have that dollar limit.
0: Right, right. So we're talking a big chunk of change here. So um, a lot of money, right? Does anybody have really have like extra budget to leave money laying on the table?
3: No, <laughs> I wouldn't think so.
0: I think it's really important to emphasize that the the E-rate program is is, um, money available for critical services uh, for both Category 1 and 2, which we'll get to what those are in a moment. Um, um, But let's get to the work part. It seems like a lot of work. Right. There's a lot of paperwork. Tony, I heard you talking about, you know, your bids and your paperwork, your Form 471s. And what do I what should I do to get started? And how can I be successful in completing my E-Rate application? What do you what do you all recommend?
2: Um, I'll I'll pick it up from I'll, I'll have to say that you have to be strategic. You as the IT director, IT team need to know what you want to do and budget it out. If it's got to do with security or network or, or internet service or dark fiber or your WAN, you have to know what you need and the money available to you. This will supplement all the man, all the stuff that you want to do, your dream, your wish list, that you want to make sure that your students succeed and your internet is stable. This is a cool source of funding for you to strategically place yourself and avoid your general fund or your IT budget. So you as the school district has to be strategic on where you want to go in the next five years and the amount of funding available for you. And by identifying areas that you are weak in, if it is your access point or it is your switches or it is your network topology, that's not good. So you want to redesign it and run all the fiber to the buildings. You have to have a plan and cost the plan. Then you figure out where can I use this free money to free up my general fund or my 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 IT budget to make sure that your your school district is in place in a situation where your network is reliable, safe, and secure. Definitely, you cannot use this money for server. Because the E-rate funding is supposed to be geared towards students, services that students use. So you have to draw up a plan to make sure that you are utilizing this fund judiciously. If you have to go and register on EPC and look and put in your request and all this kind of stuff, there are plans on the website for you to look at.
1: I think that's great advice, Tony. It's, you know, we all have our strategies that we have in place of things we want to do. Uh, and you need to know that and, and have that clear vision of what you want to do and then taking those different eligible services within category one and category two and seeing where you can apply them. That's probably the biggest thing that you, you need to, to get started. And, and and then you can kind of go, go from there when you can see it. Because, you know, those services are clearly defined, which are allowed to buy and what you're not allowed to buy um by putting that in place it'll certainly help you figure out your
0: next steps colleen i'm gonna put you on the spot you're relatively new to your role and this is your first e-rate season what are you doing to um get familiar and be successful with your e-rate application
3: this year so i'm taking the 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 road less traveled by um the gentleman on the screen here i guess because i have an e-rate consultant and i highly recommend getting a consultant Um, she helps me through everything it's a very complicated program Mm -hmm. um, and and just having that additional help has meant the world to me so um, i have somebody that kind of like the state e-rate contacts that would um, probably help and do some of the same things, but there's a lot of forms that you have to get through. There's a lot of dates that you have to make sure that you're aware of. Um, There's a lot of um, information that is is fed out every year as to what is covered and what isn't covered. And I find that to be a little bit more, um, it it seems like it changes every year or I learn something new every year about what is and is not covered, Um, especially when it comes to wiring and closets and appliances and, Um, subscriptions, all those things that you can save money on um, that you should know about. Sometimes a consultant, the expert is probably the best way to go. So I highly recommend if you can do it, hire a consultant. Um, Somebody else had mentioned, I think Tony had mentioned, you know, the cost of a consultant is not that much when you consider all the money that you're leaving on the table. Um, So yeah, I definitely um, go that route and very much appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And just a quick follow-up question to that. Uh, Colleen, you're um, the consultant that you have, did if they worked with your district previously? Do they
3: have that history for you? Yes, they do have the history for you. Actually, we did, we did go through a change in an E-rate consultant probably about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was not in this position, so I wasn't as heavily involved, but I do think that it was um, quite the effort to get the information from the old consultant to the new one. So if you find a good one, keep it for a while because they do keep track of everything that you've done the previous years. And during that five-year cycle, it's kind of important to know that stuff.
0: That's fantastic. And I'll also point out that Jill has posted the list of the state E-rate coordinators, uh, a link to the list of the state E-rate coordinators in the chat because your state E-rate coordinator can be a really great resource for getting started as well. Um, sure. And each state has one. So if you don't hey, know where to start, Amy, reach out to
2: them. I would want to top up on what Carlin said. Um. um regardless of whether you're a consultant or you do it yourself, there are a few things that you need to know how to do. And that is how to read an RFP and how to evaluate the bids. The consultants will not evaluate mm-hmm. the beats for you. Okay. You'll have to evaluate the bids yourself. They will help you with the metrics and all those kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But you need to know how to place the advertisement advertisement in the local newspapers and you need to also be able to evaluate the bids and find the winner and you need to get your board to your school trustee board of trustees to approve those for so those are no brainers but you need to at least be able to read rfps and figure out what is best for your school district Very good, Tony.
3: Yep. It's a good point. Yeah, that's a good
0: point, Tony. You're gonna have to have your technical, you or your technical team are gonna be able to have to um, say, okay, we understand what this fiber bid is versus that, or you know, know what your equipment pieces are that you're you're purchasing. So that is an excellent point. Um all right. So um I don't want to get super detailed into funding models, but there are different funding models. Um, how, do you, how do you go about picking your funding model?
3: We actually use the bear method and have for years. Um, so we pay for everything and then get reimbursed is basically <laughs> the simplistic way of explaining that part. Um, and I know the other method is, be- I think it's called SPI. And I think that's where you get the discounted um, price. Um, so we we've, we've just always used the bare method it seems to work best for us but i think it depends on your district and how you how you fund things and probably a lot about your business department. Great point.
1: Yeah, your your business department can play a big role in in how you do those things um but uh, back to Tony's uh point about like the RFPs depending on how you're going to do this whether well, you're mm-hmm. using the bare form or you're or you're using the discounted method uh you're you need to be having that conversation with your, your, your vendor. Um, it, and the service, it may seem like, Oh, well, they have to give you discounted bills. That's part of the yeah. rules, but it's somewhere in there. It's like they're sometimes they can get a little slow in getting your applications approved. So you might not get approval by July one. And next thing you have these bills coming in and is, are they going to discount them? Even though you don't have the funding, how is that all going to happen? So that those are things to keep in mind to have the conversation about, with your vendor, So when it happens, you're not looking at each other with uh, this, this wonderment as to what's going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yes. That's a great point. And in good point too, about making sure your business office is aware, especially if you haven't used E-Rate before, making sure they're involved in that process. So they're not surprised or unaware of what the E-Rate process
3: is. Yeah, we definitely work very closely with our chief business officer. She's a, a very helpful person to have on your side when you're going through all of this stuff. All right. So
0: what can I buy with my e dollars if I haven't bought things before? And what should I concentrate on in Category 1 and in Category 2? What are your recommendations?
2: Um. In, in category one, um, it's category one is for services, all right, purely services, and category two is for equipment and services. But category one will be your internet service, your wide area network, your least lit fiber. Um, equipment that you're going to use for the late server, um, your maintenance and operation charges related to the maintenance of DAX fiber. And then this year they've added Wi-Fi on buses. All right, so this year we can add Wi-Fi on buses to those services. And if I may in, mention Category 2, you have your cabling. You can redo your, your your closet, your MDF, IDF. You want to redo all your cables from your Cat 4 to Cat 6A, whatever you want to do. You can do all those in Cat 2, your switches, your firewalls are approved, but they have to be basic firewalls. They cannot be managed. They cannot be managed services on firewalls. Um, Your caching server is approved. UPSs or batteries attached to switches are approved. Cabinets are approved. But all this you cannot mix up non-E-rate devices or cables to E-rate, right? So it's clear that you have to attach the UPSs to E-rated switches. You cannot attach them to non-E-rate switches. So those are a few of the areas that I would want to bring to light. Yeah, three.
1: Call yeah, Tony, Tony's ahead. point is, can we go clear back to Tony's point about, you know, having a strategy? And I think that's really important here because especially Category 2, um, I, I work for an intermediate unit, so we don't get Category 2, but we help our districts get Category 2. And it's like, well, I wish I had Category 2 money. Um, and, you know, some a lot of our districts, they, they've looked at that money and they strategically figured out what they're going to use it for over the five years. And how they're going to keep like one example is the district. That's how they maintain their wireless infrastructure is simply by keeping that momentum going in in uh, the category two. So you know they've they've spent theirs. They're really hoping that that money comes back at least that much next time, uh, so that they can, can maintain that funding source and and keep their budget in place.
0: All right, well, yeah, and that's you know, you know, Tony. I have a is this is a funny question, but you know, you were talking about making sure that your e-rate equipment is attached to e-rate equipment, and I was thinking about cabling. Um, how do you distinguish? Do you actually like color code your cabling?
2: I I make a case. I make a case. Well, my admin cable colors are different from student cable colors, uh-huh. so all my blue cables are going to student cable uh, switches and the admin is also VLAN, so I have different cables. So if I'm audited, I can tell that these services are being used by E-Rate devices. So I'm not mixing those two. I try as much as possible, even though sometimes it's really difficult, especially with Wi-Fi or your, your access points, it's difficult to, to split those. And even rate would understand when it is difficult to split, but as much as possible, my network cables that I used E-rate money for are tied to the switches in the in the in the cabinet, and the admin switches are separated from my my students' closet switches. Yes.
0: Okay, folks, that may seem super detailed, but if you're a cable nerd, you'll understand how. Awesome cable color coding can be for managing your network environment, especially when you start thinking about funding streams. So, Tony, that was awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So, let's like go to the next piece, which is, you know, as we think about five-year funding cycles, and especially around Category 2, um, where can I find documented support for establishing and sustaining hardware life cycles in my organization?
3: So I will say that Cozen had some information on on just that, that I was not aware that Cozen had. If you are a Cozen member and you go to their website, they do have a document on uh, life cycle replacement planning. Um, And I looked it over shortly before we came in today, and it was uh, pretty similar to what I had, but it's always really good information and what they're suggesting. Um, And I think... Um, even at the most basic, if you have a spreadsheet that tells you the information that, again, the Cozen information has on for you as far as um, life cycle recommendations um, and when the end, of the end of support comes up, um, you don't really always want to depend on what the vendor is telling you is um, kind of the life cycle of your laptops or even your switches or any other appliances. Um, so you do want to keep a record of that. And then just kind of based on your own knowledge, like how long do you think this will really last even though they say it's going to last 10 years it's probably going to be done in about four so um yeah highly recommend uh looking at the cozen document and making sure that you kind of know those life cycles and the support the end of support dates
0: i'm going to add a little bit to that as well right you want to think about um, the viable life cycle of our environments right you can drive it till it's dead as an approach to hardware equipment. Um, But the actual reality is is that the capability of that equipment will decline over time, not just because the equipment itself degrades over time, which it can and will, especially um, like if you're subject to things like um, heat uh, unanticipated heat or uh, other environmental factors. Um, but it will also be decrease over time because the capabilities of networking increase over time. Right. A, a firewall or a switch that, you know, used to handle like 10 meg transmissions It used to be high quality networking gear. And now it's extremely low quality networking gear compared to uh, switches that can handle, you know, 100 gig or uh, terabyte connections. So, um you know, you want to be thinking like in terms of capability as well. So this document, which Jill also dropped the link in, covers um, life cycle replacement and some recommendations. They're not in stone, but they are helpful, especially if you need to explain like here are some industry recommended standards uh, that are defensible to your organizational leadership for planning purposes. Um, it's available to you all right we're gonna do a quick lightning round of question uh of strategy um what is your favorite strategy for surviving the e-rate season uh we'll just start at the top vince what's your favorite strategy
1: okay I, I have a couple here so the my big one is start early don't wait uh that'll be the thing that catches you you'll suddenly be like oh i don't have enough time to finish um but the, the second part is you know, keeping track of the dates and don't miss them i mean Back in the early days, uh, you know, the 1999, 2000, things were in paper, and they, they were a lot more hardcore back then about making mistakes. Um, they've loosened that up quite a little bit. So they're a little more forgiving, except when it comes to dates. So if you miss that 471 filing window, you're gonna cause yourself grief. If you don't respond to their PA um, reviews uh, on questions they have about your applications, that's gonna be a, a problem for you. So pay attention to the dates and, and don't miss them. Keeping in mind, you know what your local processes are. It's like I think Tony alluded to. It's like, oh, if I got to take it to the board, I got to start backing things up as to when do I have to have those documents, you know, on the agenda. When will they meet? And then how much time does that that have? And um, I I have this thing. I have this this spreadsheet. It's my gospel of e-rate every year. It has every contract I had, every four seventy, every funding request, the dates, the contracts. So it's all in one, concise. Uh, area so when i you know july one comes around i open that up it's like oh here's the i have to do this rfp this time because the um the contract's up and it just helps a lot to have one view into everything uh you can get some of that stuff from their portal which is a little hard to see
0: great all right tony how do you survive e rate
2: it's it's the early bird working early. I I normally get my team excited, getting asking them to give me their wish list. Um, I make sure that they they know what they want as part of their overall plan, and then also doing your research. Once you know the devices you want or the services you need, you go out there and look for a reliable cost effective secured look at their background using the cosine model of um, who where their servers are based or where it's manufactured who their um uh, investors are secure everything that you need to know before you even request for bids you already have an idea what you ideally would want to have in your system before someone surprises you with 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 a, a service or a device. So getting your wish list in good time and doing your research by talking to vendors beforehand on what they offer, how reasonably priced it is, and so that when they bid, you already have an idea how much it should cost. You can do all those negotiations when you are finalizing your bid and uh, finalizing your your choice of who the final bidder is. So, yeah.
0: Fantastic. And Colleen, your first okay. e-rate season coming up. Yeah. What's going to be your strategy? <laughs>
3: So I will say, because this is the first time I've been on my own with the E-rate strategy, the first thing I did do was put that hardware lifecycle spreadsheet together to say, okay, usually um, the former director would ask me for my wish list, kind of like what Tony had said, like, what's your wish list? Um, For me this year, I had to look at it a little bit differently and say, okay, what equipment is actually coming due for replacement um, that we've already used in the past for E-Rate or that would um, benefit from E-Rate dollars. So um, I started with that. I started with the hardware cycle and then went to my team and said, okay, here's what we have. Um, We have E-Rate dollars coming to us. What else can we replace? And um, kind of letting them know, here's what's qualified for E-Rate and what do you think? What can we do this year as far as projects are concerned? timing. Um, Of course, the dollars to, I mean, you have to have the dollars to spend on this stuff if you're you're waiting for the replacement or for the refund. Um, So you have to make sure that you have the money. And that's, again, going to coordinate with your business department and make sure that you can do that. So a few things that I do, and um, like both Vince and Tony said, you need to start early. So you need to start thinking about this, you know, in- In September, October, you've already got somewhat of a plan together. And because I have an e-rate consultant, it's really nice because I can contact her. And I contact her at that point and say, okay, here's what we're thinking about doing. And then she can start getting ready with the 470s. And just knowing, you know, the price and the vendors and what we're looking at. um, You can get kind of budgetary quotes to kind of put yourself in a situation where you know how much money everything's going to cost and then try to decide, okay, well, pick and choose. What are we going to be able to do this year? Um, So that's how I started. And then again, I'll just make a plug for the consultants and she kind of helps me through the season.
0: Fantastic. And I would add one additional strategy. I would get my quotes and bids early because um, especially if you're in an area where you have a lot of districts who are all going to be contacting vendors at the same time for quotes and bids, your vendors will get a lot of requests at the same time. And they're going to be scrambling to meet everybody's requests. So Mm -hmm. just remember that there are a lot of you and uh, they're going to be getting a lot of requests. So I would add that to my strategy pool as well. So plan Perfect. early, get your stuff in. Um, those seem like really good um, good strategies to go forward. So uh, with that, um, I'd also like to point out that Jill has posted a link in the chat to another COSIN uh, document prepared by this team from our cyber, uh, uh, COSIN Network and Systems Design Advisory called E-Rate, Preparing for the Next Five-Year Cycle. Uh, That link is also in the chat. And I'd like to say thank you to the members of our advisory committee today for being here and sharing their wisdom on how to approach this year's uh, E-Rate window and a cycle as we close out the first of the five-year process. Wow, five years goes by really fast and it'll be an adventure to see what the next five year cycle looks like. So thank you everybody for being here today. And I look forward to seeing what the next five year cycle brings. Thanks everyone.